Hello and welcome to the first edition of A-Pushing History. Today's discussion will be on Spanish colonization of a new world, and more specifically, the Black Legend. Strictly speaking, the Black Legend is a phenomenon of historiography in which the Spanish conquest of a new world was portrayed as uniquely brutal in its treatment of the Native Americans. This viewpoint originated from Bartolomeu de las Casas when he wrote The Destruction of the Indies detailing Spain's many abuses against the indigenous peoples of the Caribbean, but was later adopted by Protestant authors in Northern Europe. Later on, the historiographical concept was adopted by Anglo-America and served as one of the foundations for Manifest Destiny. When discussing the Black Legend, the saying that the pen is mightier than the sword should be invoked, as this historiographical trend led to many political, economic, and social developments. Given this, I will be examining the impact the Black Legend had on the colonial attempts of the other major European powers, and the effect the historiographical trends propagation had on American expansionism during the Mexican-American War and the Spanish-American War. But before I can continue our discussion about the Black Legend, I would like to give a rundown of the Spanish colonization of the New World. Obviously, Spanish colonization began when Christopher Columbus landed on the island of San Salvador. Immediately upon his landing, Spanish intentions for the natives were made blatantly clear. These intentions are best illustrated in the journal of Christopher Columbus, when he states, They should be good servants and intelligent, for I observed that they quickly took in what was said to them, and I believe that they would easily be made Christian, as it appeared to me that they had no religion. Our Lord being pleased will take hence, at the time of my departure, six natives for your highness, that they may learn to speak. Columbus later remarks about how easily the Spanish could subdue the native population into servitude. For with fifty men, they can all be subjugated and made to do what is required of them. From Columbus's foothold in the New World, the Spanish sent more expeditions into the Caribbean until they solidified total control over the region. From their Caribbean base, the Spanish sent out an expedition in 1519 under the command of Hernán Cortés. Cortes led his expedition, along with numerous native allies, to conquer the Aztecs, which at the time were the largest empire in North America. Inspired by the success Cortes had in conquering the Aztecs, Francisco Pizarro launched his own expedition and conquered the Inca Empire. In both cases of Spanish colonial conquest, the conquistadors leveraged internal strife and superior technology to gain advantages over the New World empires. Disease also had a major impact on Native American resistance, especially in the case of the Aztecs and the Incas. In fact, by some modern estimates, nine-tenths of the indigenous population of the Americas died to Old World diseases introduced to the Americas after the Columbian Exchange. After the Spanish solidified their conquests, they implemented the Encomienda system. This system was a way to manage native labor in which a Spaniard was allotted an area of land and Native American workers who would owe tribute to him. This system was brutal for Native workers, who faced long working hours, unreasonable quotas, and horrendous working conditions. The effects of the encomienda system, together with disease and military conflict, is documented by Bartolomeu de las Casas. In the destruction of the Indies, when he says, that of three million persons which lived in Hispaniola itself, there is at present but the inconsiderable remnant of scarce 300. Navy island of Cuba, which extends as far as Valladolid in Spain is distant from Rome, lies now uncultivated, like a desert, 
and is entombed in its own ruin. Going back to the original two proposed questions, I would like to answer the first by dividing European colonization of a new world, excluding Spain and Portugal, into two categories. The first category consists of the colonization attempts embarked on by the Dutch and French, while the second category consists of British colonization of the new world. The Dutch and French approached New World colonization in a very similar manner, in that they wanted to establish commercial ties to the Native Americans and trade European goods for furs and other Native American commodities. Yet while the two countries adopted similar approaches, they did so for different reasons. The Dutch were influenced by the writings of Hugo Grotius, who argued that Native Americans had the same national rights as Europeans. This, along with a need to show their superiority over Spain, from whom they had recently won independence, convinced the Dutch not to repeat the black legend in North America. To achieve the same, the Dutch paid for all lands they occupied and attempted not to mistreat the Native Americans. Yet even with their seemingly good intentions, the Dutch periodically engaged in armed conflicts with indigenous peoples, and while nowhere near to the extent of Spanish brutality, the Dutch failed to create a peaceful colony in the New World. The Dutch story ultimately ended when the colony was seized by British forces, and the city of New Amsterdam was renamed to New York. France's major North American colonies were centered around the St. Lawrence River and later the Mississippi, from which the cities of Montreal, Quebec, and New Orleans originated. The French were not nearly as aggressive to the local populations as the English or the Spanish. Rather, they adopted, as previously mentioned, a similar approach to the Dutch. The French were eager to disprove the idea held by many Protestant writers that the negative attributes of the black legend extended to all Catholics. This hope was also aided by the fact that large-scale colonization of New France, the area France claimed in North America, did not occur. The French eagerness to refute the black legend is established in French writings which dismissed the notion that American Indians were savages, but rather accepted to a certain extent the complexity and advancements of Native Americans. An example is seen in the writings of Father Jean de Bebrouf in On the Customs and Beliefs of the Hurons. They believe in the immortality of the soul, which they believe to be corporeal. The greatest part of their religion consists of this point. The French strove to be better to the Native Americans than the Spanish were. Their North American colonization led to armed conflicts between Native American groups over valuable hunting grounds for furs, which ultimately caused a large societal and political upheaval in the region. While both the colonization efforts of the Dutch and French were influenced by the black legend, by far the most significant impact of the historiographical phenomenon came from its influence on English colonization of North America. While the English had many reasons for American colonization, one of the major ideological reasons was to protect the natives from Spanish and Catholic tyranny. An example of this attitude among the English can be seen when Richard Hakluyt states the following in an attempt to persuade Queen Elizabeth I of the many benefits of American colonization. That the Spaniards have executed the most outrageous and more than Turkish cruelties in all the West Indies, whereby they are everywhere there, become most odious unto them, who would join with us or any other most willing to shake off their most intolerable yoke, and have begun to do it already in diverse places where they were lords heretofore. Yet while the English espoused their supposed superiority to the Spanish, the English frequently entered engagement with the local Native Americans of their colonies. The most severe of these conflicts was King Philip's War, which resulted in the death of 1,000 English colonists and 3,000 Native Americans. 
Advancing roughly 200 years, we arrive at the Mexican-American War, where the influence of a black legend is still present, especially on American expansionism. To provide context, at this time Mexico owned much of what is now the continental United States, but was in a fractured state after multiple government coups and counter-coups. America, meanwhile, had recently adopted the doctrine of manifest destiny. This doctrine, for many reasons, emphasized America's prerogative for Western expansion. Yet chief among those reasons was the idea that Anglo settlement of the New World was superior to that performed by the Spanish. This viewpoint is outlined in John O'Sullivan's Declaration of America's Manifest Destiny. The Anglo-Saxon foot is already on its border. Already the advance guard of an irresistible army of Anglo-Saxon immigration has begun to pour down upon it, armed with the plow and the rifle, and marking its trails with schools and colleges, courts and representative halls, mills and meeting houses. A population will soon be in actual occupation of California, over which it will be idle for Mexico to dream of dominion. Yet this original idea of the superiority of English settlement to that of the Spanish echoes from the sentiment expressed in the historiographical trend of the black legend. This conflict of interest between America and Mexico led to the Mexican-American War, which resulted in America's annexation of Texas, California, and other regions in the Southwest and the Great Basin. Following up those 200 years of number 50, we find ourselves in 1898, in the period before and during the Spanish-American War. This conflict was motivated by the conflicting interests of the failing Spanish Empire, desperately attempting to hold on to whatever colonial possessions it still held, and a newly imperialistic American Empire with a desire to expand into the territories of a declining Spain. Yet, as with any war, there are ideological reasons behind an American conflict with the Spanish, with the primary ideological reason being the white man's burden and Spain's failure to live up to it. In this period of yellow journalism, the public were easily swayed by such arguments, as well as the political elite. To justify such arguments, many looked into history and used the historiographical concept of the black legend to emphasize the inherent brutality of the Spanish. This resurgence of a trend reached such a zenith that in 1898, a new edition of the Destruction of the Indies by Bartolomeu de las Casas was published. General sentiment about Spanish colonial rule is expressed by William McKinley when he discusses his ideas for the future of the newly acquired Philippines. I thought first we would only take Manila, then Luzon, then the other islands perhaps. I walked the floor of the White House night after night until midnight, and I'm not ashamed to tell you, gentlemen, that I went down on my knees and prayed Almighty God for light and guidance, more than one night. And one night it came to me this way. I don't know how it was. But it came. 1. That we could not give them back to Spain. That would be cowardly and dishonorable. 2. That we could not turn them over to France and Germany, our commercial rivals in the Orient. That would be bad business and discreditable. 3. That we could not leave them to themselves. They were unfit for self-government, and they would soon have anarchy and misrule over there worse than Spain's was. And 4. That there was nothing left for us to do but to take them all to educate the Filipinos, and to uplift and civilize and Christianize them, and by God's grace do the very best we could do by them, as our fellow man for whom Christ also died. The sentiments expressed by McKinley greatly contributed to the conflict, and after 1898, Spain had permanently fell from great power status 
and America rose to become a new imperial power. Thank you for listening. I'd like to end this podcast by saying the credits. The researchers were Maurice and Thomas. The writers were Thomas and myself. And the narrator was me. I also edited the audio.